Oh really? <laughs> Had uh, Mike's away somewhere, and then Lauren was supposed to be here, but she needed to uh, do something today, so yeah, yeah, yeah. To drop. So just being left with me and you. It's all good, man. This is this is you know what I'm saying. This is how it all started. Yeah. You were the guy that answered the door when I was knocking in the cold. That's right. And look yeah. at that. And now we're here. It's awesome. Two and a half years later. I know. Something like that. That's crazy. And now you're working here. I know. This is beautiful. You know, um, I think I think um, it's easy to not understand how cool it is here if you haven't been here. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, Jiu-Jitsu has evolved a lot. I was, uh, you know, I I was look, I found an old picture of me with this UFC dude named Tim Lasik and. Uh, the Red Wolf, Eugene Jackson, who when he was in the UFC, he hit a guy in the face, teeth flew out with the mouthpiece. Jeez. I mean, hammers. And we were, I was a white belt at the time. Long story short, we were in this dude's, this gym basement, you know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, look how far jujitsu has come. Look at how nice this place is, right? Mm. And um, how many layers and needs for jujitsu there are. But you know, this fits community needs so much and the technical level here is good. and. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be here, for sure. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that whole, what, how different a, you know, a place that does the same thing, how different two places can be. And there's something to say about, you know, I hear Mike talk a lot about how jiu-jitsu used to be like back in the day. Um, and he'll, he feels like there's something kind of we've lost from, from that time. But I think in order for the sport to grow, it has to become like more accessible to the mainstream. And not many people really want to be in the basement. In the basement, some puzzle mats, smashing the fuck out of each other. Um, and even even that whole back in the day thing, I think even the guys that were probably high level when Mike was starting out, and that's his back in the day, mm. there's people before that are. Oh, Nowhere, nowhere near as cool as jiu-jitsu was back in the 1980s. And those guys were probably like, nowhere near as cool when we are doing judo in the 1950s. You know? <laughs> it's true. You just keep calling back to an older there's, there's time. A, there's that Socrates quote, actually, isn't it? It's like, the youth of today are like, all weak and soft. And it's like, that, he's saying that like 2,000 years ago. And, <laughs> and people still say that today. So it's like, no, it's true, right? And, and, you know, I just think that, you know, again, it comes back to like, do you know what you want from the sport? Do you know what you want for yourself from the art? And the other truth is, it's hard to know because it's so new. Mm. You don't know, right? So if you come in and there's just, you know, free Wattweilers running around the edge of the mats and you're in a garage, <laughs> then that's what jujitsu is, yeah. right? And if you come here, this is what jujitsu is. You don't, you don't always know. I think though, to your point that, you know, everybody who does the sport doesn't want to be in a fight club. And you can, and that's part of what I think is beautiful about jujitsu. Like you can learn how to defend yourself supremely effectively without being in a fight club. Mm. Of course, every once in a while, you know, it's a contact sport. So someone's going to get a knee to the head or, you know what I mean? You fall crazy and I hurt my leg. 
whatever. That's all real because it comes with any contact sport. Yeah. But it's not the it's not the rule. You know, the idea that you come in from Fight Club and you got a steak on your eye at the job, it's not what it is. I'll and say it doesn't that, have to this be. this might be a little bit controversial, but I'd say if you look at all the gyms that say uh we're like gritty, raw, hardcore, mm-hmm. train really hard, how many people do they actually produce that are actually very good competition level compared to someone like Art of Jiu-Jitsu, where it's like all aesthetic. Yeah, clean, it's all like pristine like, yeah. mats, the clean gear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or no, they come it's true. From like um, bigger affiliations. Obviously, there's an argument to be made that the bigger affiliations obviously tend to have more places. There's more people. You know, right. Da, 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 da. Um, but how many people come out of things like Fight Sport or um, Alliance? Or you know, it's rarely the random back alley academy that's true like some dude just came out of nowhere you know that's true how many instructors these days really can take if i gave you like a 13 year old kid how many instructors really can take that kid to a world-class level and just run him up very few i'd say like probably less than 100 probably um because it's not even just the instructor you need the right room as well like to, to get all those things together it's very difficult so what do you actually want to be in a jiu-jitsu school do you want to you can strive for that for sure to be like the hardest guys in your area Mm -hmm. but ultimately you're only going to be the hardest 20 blokes in your area or you could be the guys who have almost 500 students yeah um who are all getting better together and like focus on the community and things like that it's like for me, it's a bit of a no-brainer. And can stay, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm still about, like, the longevity of it, you know? Like, sometimes um, I'm just so grateful just to be able to do it. And I remember in, in Hickson's Choke, he talked about, like, the beauty and the gratitude of just being at a level that you could compete. Not that you did, not that you fought but that you were in a state of awareness and physical and mental clarity where you can do it. That's a beautiful thing, man. And it's even more of a beautiful thing in a post-pandemic world when so many people are not just out of shape, they're actually ill. Yeah. They're actually ill. And um, I've said it a hundred times and I'll still say it is like, I feel so lucky because now a lot of my friends who laughed when I was younger and doing it because they thought it was a fight club. They thought it was, you know, this and that. Why would you want to do that? You look like Urkel, bro. You're going to get murdered, whatever. Mm. And like now, you know, um, what do they say? Like the money and time you don't invest in your health in the beginning, you'll be spending at the hospital in the end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now they're like the money they didn't spend on jujitsu then they're, they're, they're spending on heart pills now. The money they didn't spend, right? They got to pay for a specialist now, you know? Uh, yeah. And we don't know what's wrong, right? And my life isn't perfect. Like, I don't know if you know who Jim Fix is, but he was one of the pioneers of American jogging. And then he had a massive heart attack and died, right? So that could happen to me, right? I could leave here, yeah, jujitsu, and fall out. But like... There was it, another Jim will fix it around here who's now for jogging, but we won't go into that because he turned into a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> like the thing is, is like I could be the gym fix of jujitsu or anybody could, you know, any of these people at the top could fall out. But 
if I'm going to die like that, let me die trying to be healthy. Let me die. You know what I mean? Like yeah. putting in the effort. And so I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm sore all the time and I wish I wasn't, but I'm happy that I'm doing this. Cause if I think about my life without it, I can't imagine what my health would be like. Truly. On the health thing, I think there was probably like 10 years ago and Instagram was getting bigger, a, a real big split between, I mean, it happened before that, but that's when I noticed it of people who were, fitness became more fashionable basically mm. because you could post about how how di- disciplined or dedicated you were. Now the things, post, everyone posting about their ice bath, but back then it was just like people going to the gym. <laughs> and then since in between we've had, we've had CrossFit, we've had people doing intermittent fasting or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, all yeah, these yeah, kind yeah. of things that come and go and they're great. But the fitness became way more fashionable. And I think, what still got left behind a little bit is people's mental health. Mm. Like, um, That's huge. And you know, I think especially for maybe my generation or younger than me, a lot of people are, they can get into the gym and a lot of the reasons they'll get into the gym is because they've gone through maybe a difficult time. They've gone through a hard breakup or yeah, 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 yeah. they just don't know what to do with their lives. So they're looking for some purpose. And I think lifting and stuff can, can give you that for a while. Um, but ultimately, it's a very, just if you go into the gym, it's very lonely. It's like you're just doing it by yourself. It is. Yeah. And so much of how you get better in jujitsu is from your training partner, right? And also, so much. Yeah. And um, the messages that I get from people, I posted one of my story yesterday. Like, it's always people saying how much it's benefited their mental health and just gave them some, like, some peace and purpose. And I think that's what jujitsu gives you, like, a lot of people are talking about, oh, I need to find like my purpose, or they might not put it in those terms, but that's what they need. And we can just get, we can, it might not be your thing forever, but we can definitely give you a purpose for a while. Like if you want to get really involved in something and feel like you've got a way to better yourself and you're amongst people of like minds, then jiu-jitsu is definitely great for that, I think. No, I, I totally agree. What I think, because you know, I'm, 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 I'm always about like how jujitsu can help you in life and how chess and stuff can help you in life. And I think that what it is, is that, you know, people would always ask me, are you trying to make a chess master? Or are you trying to make like a jujitsu champion? And I was like, not really. What I'm really trying to do is use jujitsu and chess to help people figure out who they are and be at peace with what they want out of life and then have the courage to go after it. Right, so it's not necessarily that you go get gold medals or that you compete at all, but if you can find discipline and apply that discipline to your pursuit of college, if you can find courage and then apply that courage to your pursuit of creating your own business, right, or creating a family, it doesn't matter, yeah. right? Like, it's that jujitsu helps you cultivate whatever is in you that you're trying to lift up. And then you can really take that anywhere. It's not about just what happens on the mats because people forget what happens on the mats. In fact, people forget what, what happens in competition. You know, when I, when I was competing, I did okay. Sometimes I got housed, sometimes I won. Sometimes it was somewhere in the middle. Sometimes the ref made a bad call. But to be honest, I don't remember most of my competitions now. I don't mm. remember most of my competitions, but having competed, gave me lessons, right? Having trained with people who murdered me a hundred times and then I won once in a while or whatever, helped me understand things about myself and what I wanted that, you know, have, have helped me in tons of ways, you know, away from the mats. But it's ultimately where we always talk about here, Jiu-Jitsu is very secondary to what we do. It's the tool we use to make better people. And 
if you ask yourself, do you, I genuinely believe if that everyone trained jiu-jitsu, or at least just some kind mm. of combat sport, martial art, would the world be a better place? Yeah, I do believe that. Probably. And I mean, and these are you know, the things, you know, my list of things I know to be true are very short, but <laughs> <laughs> to non-existent. <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I actually do think, I mean, it might require a bit more thought, but uh, I think in general, if if everyone trained some kind of martial art for a few years at least in their formative years of their life, I think most, um, on the whole, the world, be, would, world would be a better place. Now, we can't force anyone to do martial arts. Of course. Um but we can try and, what's that, Mahatma Gandhi quotes, like try and be the change you want to see in the world kind of thing. So we can try and build the house uh, for everyone to come and we can try and lead by example and tell everyone, hey, there's this thing. Um, and I think if we can do that and <clears throat> you never know how, how that might change. You know, you, if we affect 400 people odd here and that affects... Them and their the lives. Effect, yeah. yeah. Give it one or two generations, you've probably changed like millions, if not billions a of people. A lot of people, lives. man. No, a lot of people. You know, I still remember this time where, and I do not advocate doing stuff like this often. And to be honest, I've only done this once. <laughs> All right. I was on a train. This guy was being weird with this lady. He was being weird with the whole train. He, he looked like he might have been mentally not well, but he mm. was obviously also like, there was an edge of danger in him. You know, he seemed very erratic. And um, he went down to one end of the train, talking kind of reckless. He came back and he kind of chose this Asian woman and he started like yelling at this Chinese woman. She was sitting in the chair. She was kind of like, if the window was here. So she was like trapped. And I was like, oh my God. There was like seven or eight dudes doing nothing, just watching. And I was like sitting across and I was like, what if this dude has an ice pick on him and he just gives you like seven to the neck? This mm. could be it. You know what I mean? Like you have to, you have yeah. to be mindful of like interceding because stuff like that gets crazy. And I was like, leave her alone. And then he looked at me and I said, step away from her and get off the train. And the whole energy on the train like, like shifted. And he looked at me and he was like, he mumbled something and he was like, well, I'm, I just wanted some human interaction. And I was like, if I get up out of, the, out of this seat, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of interaction, bro. I'm going to need you to get off the train at the next stop. Get Liam Neeson <laughs> in tension over <laughs> I got sick with it. And so in that moment, like he looked at me and everyone was super quiet. And then he got to the next stop and he got off. And it was really weird because the lady was crying and she was like, thank you. And not even like, I was just like, it's all good. You know what I mean? Whatever. Um, I was like, hi, I do jujitsu. My name is Adisa, <laughs> right? It was just, it was just like, I was like, cool. But like, as every woman who was on that part of the train got off, they thanked me. They were like, thank you, thank you. And so really like, I didn't do anything. I didn't fight. It wasn't a whole thing. But like, it's hard for me to watch other people be bullied and oppressed and me being someone who feels capable of just interceding verbally not doing anything, that was weird to me. Like, I wondered, were the other guys on the train, were they scared? I mean, it's, it's fair, like mm. men get scared. Maybe they were scared, maybe whatever, right? Was I being a superhero? No, like nothing even technically happened, right? But I know jujitsu gave me the confidence to speak in that moment. Yeah. If I didn't know jujitsu, I, I might've been 
just as silent as the other dudes who yeah. are as equally capable. It's funny you bring this up, actually. I was thinking about this this morning because a uh, funny, well, I don't know if it's funny, but a video I was scrolling through Instagram and uh, there was like, middle of the day, um, it's filmed through a guy's car window, mm. English Northern. Mm. Uh, these two women are having a fight, like, probably smackheads, like, yeah, you know, yeah, definitely yeah. on drugs or something. And, you know, they're like pulling each other's hair, yeah, like yeah, shouting yeah. at each other. And um, guy's filming out of his window and then like some random other guy flies in, like flying, kicks the back of the, one of the girl's yeah. knees. And then another guy hops in, one leg <laughs> has a crutch. Literally has like lower leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, below, the knee, below the knee amputation. amputation. Right. Um, and they're all basically having this scrap. I'm like, and some people were like, and the comments of this video, I was like, this is crazy. Like, some, I wanted to see the comments. And it's like, some of them were hating on the guy for not like stepping in, him, him and his friend on the car. I was like, if that was me and I was filming this on the car, and you know, they weren't very far away. Mm. It was like maybe, you know, me to like the mat area. Right. Uh, would have I stepped in at that situation? And I kind of came to the conclusion that I probably wouldn't have because if I was already in my car and there's these, well, two people and then all of a sudden four people mm -hmm. having a scrap, I'd probably like done something. I probably would have like, said, hey, like there's these people having a fight on the, on the, <laughs> exactly. the police. Exactly. But you know, I, what could I really do in that situation? I could try and diffuse it and talk mm -hmm. to them, um, which might have been a good idea to do, right? Right. But in terms of actually stepping in and and being like physical with someone, that one, there's four of them. Like I could maybe restrain one woman, yeah, <laughs> uh, or one one-legged man, right? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And then, and then it's kind of, and then I don't know what what you know. Do they, are they smackheads? Have they got some Does anybody have needles or weapons on exactly them? Because that's like a game shots, changer. Yeah. <clears throat> like sometimes, and I think I, I probably wouldn't have stepped in. I think I, you know, maybe would have done a little bit more than this guy. Maybe like tried to diffuse it a little Break bit more. Or waited, <laughs> yeah. waited around until like, you know, police or something yeah. would come. Uh, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum, I think about, you know, times I've regretted not stepping in. Mm. So one time I was, it was late at night, um, Friday night, I was getting a train down to London and, um, you know, there was some rowdy lads, you know, I was, I was facing this way, they were mm. down there somewhere, I was just had headphones in, wasn't, wasn't interested. And um, pulling to King's Cross, I stand up and there's a guy, I hear like a bit of a commotion as we're pulling in. And I'm like, fucking hell, what's going on? Man? Mm. Like, um, I stand up and there's a guy like walking down towards me, holding his nose, and he's just like being like cracked he's in the got, face. He's got sock. Yeah. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, this guy's fucking in drunk or whatever, and, and da 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 da. I'm like, I don't want to get involved in it. Yeah. I just want to get off the train. And then, like, I get off the train, I'm walking down the platform, I'm like, fucking, I should have at least asked if that guy was all right. And you know what? Then I realized. I, I had a packet of tissues, like unopened in my pocket. Yeah, I yeah. like, I should have given just him, given the, him yeah. Yeah, tissues or something. I'm like, I really, those are the times I like regret, probably because of an inner fear in a way of like, I don't want to step in and be like, get involved into some Man, shit that's not my kind of thing. Sometimes really like, and I hate to feel this way, but like, it's a real mix and you have to be 
honest about what can happen when you get involved. There was a guy, and um, I hope I remember his name and the name of the book right. I think it's just called On Violence, and I think the guy's name is Rory, R-O-R-Y McDonald, mm. On Violence. It was one of the craziest books I ever read because he did a lot of military stuff and a lot of high-end you know, tactical stuff. And what he was breaking down was that the truth is when grown adult men get into a fight at any time, someone can always die. And he's like, don't ever forget that. Mm. And that's just with no weapons, yeah. right? Once a knife comes out, a needle is involved, a blunt instrument gets picked up, someone can die. And he was kind of, it's, it's a book about the assumptions versus the reality of different kinds of conflict between adults. Yeah. And so like, I remember when I was young, in fact, I know this is one of the reasons why I do martial arts now. When I was in high school, I went to Hillsdale Mall with about seven of my friends. It was, it was during the holidays and some dude, he was a biker. He got into an argument with his girlfriend and like, you know, like between the stores, sometimes they have those hallways where like you would get into the store. Like, you know, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you manage the store, he pushed her out there into that hallway and he was beating her crazily. And the doors were shut, but you could hear it. And she was yelling for help. And if I tell you no less than 40 men heard those screams and did nothing, mm. nothing, right? Some of them were with their you know, significant other wives, girlfriends, et cetera. And some of them were by themselves. No one did anything. And I remember looking at the door and I bumped one of my friends. I'm the smallest one. I don't even think I weighed 100 pounds at the time. And I was like, we should do something. And one of my friends was like, man, you don't know. She could have had sex with one of his best friends. You don't know what's going on. Just leave that alone, whatever. And I remember how cowardly I felt in that group. I was like, wait a minute. You guys are bigger than me and you're afraid. <laughs> like, yeah. like what? And so like that always bothered me. But then fast forward to now, like... I know I couldn't have sat there and heard that as a man now today, mm. right? But I also know that someone like him could have had a gun, a knife, or whatever. But so, like, again, this is all about kind of knowing yourself and knowing what you're willing to get involved in. A lot of times these days, with so many people on drugs, with so much mental health happening, um, I I'd be way happier to either notify somebody or help notify, help somebody notify somebody than get involved because... Um, life is too precious, you know, yeah. and, and how many times has a good Samaritan gotten involved and gotten themselves killed or, or uh, there's a, wounded? There's a lot of studies on uh, the diffusion of responsibility in, in those kind of situations and, and not so much even where, even where the consequences of helping out would be super low. So mm -hmm. in like, a situation like that, the consequences of helping out could be massive, right? Mm -hmm. That guy starts fighting with you. He's yeah, got a yeah, and he was big. Yeah. He was like a refrigerator, to be yeah. honest. There's a, they did studies where they would have, um, they, they you know, did use like different different subjects, white guys, black guys, mm -hmm. women, mm -hmm. overweight women, attractive women, mm -hmm. like all these kind of different people. And they'd put them on like busy streets, the same busy street uh, in London, and they'd have them collapse mm -hmm. and then be like, say like help a few times. And the amount of people, they are just like put a timer on how many people would like walk past before someone actually said, hey, do you need to do yeah. the help? Are you okay? And um, it was crazy. It was like, 
it was literally like minutes or, you yeah. know, like 50 people walked by before one person helped Said shut up. anything. Yeah, I yeah. know. Um, it's such a weird thing in us that that's about, isn't it? Yeah. You know, when I was, um, I used to be, I used to be a football coach. I don't say soccer anymore. Nice. When I was a football coach, one day we had a game. We once, we went to like Wingstop or whatever. I don't know if they got those out here. But we went to Wingstop. For some reason, me and my friend who got there early, some teenager had like a, a massive seizure. Like they fell into this stuff. And like, Lord knows I have no medical skill whatsoever. Right? But as soon as he fell, I was like, it's going to be okay. And like, I kind of cleared some space for him. And then the EMTs came and everybody thought I was a hero. I didn't even really do anything. Yeah. I was just trying to make sure to whatever degree that the person could be comfortable until they showed up. But like, that was an easy thing for me to do. Like, it didn't put me at any risk. Mm. I, I I don't know what makes people averse to helping people in those situations. It's it's bizarre, but but um, I don't know. I think, I think, Bring you back to jiu-jitsu, that might be one of the good things in that <clears throat> you uh, you will feel more confident and empowered to help in those kind of situations. Where there's very low risk, I think a lot of the people, when we say we're developing good people, mm-hmm. those are the kinds of things I'm trying to do. And it's through very subtle means, you know, like, you know, you get injured. If, even just seeing someone be injured on the mats, now you're like a little bit more inoculated to seeing people being injured. Yeah? Period. Yeah. If you're the person who stands out in the front when you and I'm making you lead a warm up, well now you're like inoculated in f- to to being in front of being in a, in a crowd, you know. That's you're getting true. like all these little inoculations and, and vaccines to to the fears that might prevent someone from stepping up when other people would back down. And uh, that's powerful. And it's giving you the confidence to to act because you've you're a bit more confident in your own abilities, you know. Yeah, no, I think that's important. And um, it's funny because at the time that that happened, I probably would have been a purple belt, maybe. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, yeah, you're right. You know, I think that, you know, a good thing that jujitsu absolutely cultivates, in my opinion, in most people, not all, is compassion for others. Mm -hmm. I really believe that, right? And I believe that um, I used to say, like, you know, most of the, you know, most of the people that can fight aren't willing, right? Yeah. And most of the people that want to fight can't, mm. you know, um, because people, you know, uh, I know a lot of people who could really do harm and like, they're never interested in, in, in yeah. getting the fight. So the people are like, hold on, what's up, man? They're always the people who like, let's get Ray back in the car, right? <laughs> because he's, he's going to get harmed, right? Um you know, I really like how jujitsu brings compassion. And my belief is, I'm not sure, right? My belief is, is that, you know, when you do a submission hold, it doesn't matter whether it's like uh, an arm lock or a choke or whatever, and you're repeatedly having them put on you and you're applying them to others. You're having them put on you and you're applying them to others. For me, I started being like, well, I, I don't want anybody to have to feel this if I don't have to make them feel it. Yeah, like, yeah. You have to bring that out of me. I'm never gonna like, oh, watch, I'm about to choke this dude, bros, watch this. Like, mm. never, right? I'm about to break this guy's arm, right? Cause I've had my arm severely 
uh, twisted before. I've I've been choked unconscious before. And you when you when you do that, you know you don't want to make anybody have. Hopefully, you don't want to make anybody feel that unless it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, I I think probably for both of us, it would be very and for most people who train. Well, I've trained for a while, like the amount of effort someone would need to go into to actually make me fight them <laughs> like, <laughs> is insane. Like like most people, you're out drinking, they knock into in the bar, they say what, you say what, and then the fight's yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> you would have to go through so many more steps in that process to, to yeah. make me fight. You'd literally have to already start fighting with me basically yeah to yeah you would have to myself. put hands on me yeah, or you yeah. would have to put hands on someone uh, i love uh, like i would have to a hundred percent very likely expect you to imminently be about to start fighting with me for me to do something first um it's true also at the same time i think uh, i'm far more confident should i see something some kind of injustice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um that is somewhat clear cut. Obviously, I'm saying this with the caveat of like, I just saw that video today and I right. probably wouldn't have stepped in. Right. Um, if there's some kind of clear clear cut injustice, and I'll go back to that point in a second, I would like to step in. And you know, I think I'd be, I'd be fairly quick to step in. I'll caveat that with, I've just told two stories of the times I didn't step in. Mm. Right? I think it, for most of us, it's actually very hard in the moment to be like, is this the situation where I should step in? Or and there's there's Real. probably like those two little angels and devils on your shoulder, and one saying like, "No, you shouldn't step in. You, don't know what's going <laughs> you on, should right? chill yeah, out, bro." Yeah. And yeah. then uh, and then there's another one that's saying, "No, you're a good person. You're supposed to be do something in this kind of situation." Well, you know what? I'll tell you one that I know for sure. Like, so in North America over the past few years. Um, there's been a lot of hate crimes against Asian Americans, specifically like Chinese, Vietnamese, right? Mm. And because um, I know Asian here in the UK usually has a different connotation, right? Um, and and ironically, a lot of it is against the elderly in public, like on buses, at train stations, and it is horrific. Like it's very hard to watch. And tragically, most of the people—I don't want to say most. Too many of the people are black youth and random white people. And as a black person who gained so much from the writings of Bruce Lee, and I grew up in, you know, the the San Francisco Bay Area, Chinatown, Japantown, and you know, all the stuff that that feeds my jujitsu now, right? I could not sit and watch an elderly person be attacked and just be like, I'm gonna keep this one over here. Mm. No, bro. You're messing with an elderly woman, I'm getting involved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're trying to push a guy on a cane and rob him, I'm getting involved. Yeah. You know? I think and so for those kinds of situations, elderly and like obviously like young people, mm-hmm. right? Who who are who who are who are being accosted in some way, like I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't allow it. You know what's interesting is I think all of these situations, which we'll equate to jujitsu in a second, like mm-hmm. comes down to what is the your perceived risk in that situation to yourself mm. versus what is the perceived what's the right word it regret slash shame shame slash going against the fundamental nature of your character um whoever it is you think you to be in your head 
Like, how are you going to weigh up those two situations? So like, if you see a elderly um, Vietnamese woman on a bus and she's getting attacked or abused right. by eight lads all with sidearms, probably not stepping in, <laughs> right? But if it's just one kid, obviously not armed, kind right. of sh- giving verbal abuse, all just like the year train story from earlier, yeah, probably step in, right? Yeah. In jiu-jitsu, we have the same thing. It's just it's just different, right? So jiu-jitsu is all about risk versus potential reward. Mm. There's no movement in jiu-jitsu without risk. If you if you're playing guard and you reach up to grab someone's leg. There's the risk that they're going to get an underhook and they're going to knee cut, right? <laughs> but it doesn't mean you shouldn't do that. It right. means you need to mitigate whatever risk you're doing. Right. And be willing and, to step in regardless and, and, just and be see able what to happens. try regardless. Yeah. And we do that a hundred times during a round, uh, you know, probably a thousand times during, it, during an evening. We're making these conscious decisions, probably even more like it when you, like, you know, you're probably making three or four decisions every mm, couple seconds that's true. in jiu-jitsu just based on, okay, he's moving left, so I'm moving this way, my half frames are going here. Like yeah, these yeah, are all yeah. the decisions based on what do I perceive their risk, uh, to like the risks to be towards me and what can I uh, actively do to them and capitalize on. And this is like the, the fundamental nature of everything we do basically. Yeah. Like, like what are the potential downsides and what are the potential upsides and what are my goals and what am I, you know, what am I trying to achieve along with who do I believe myself to be? No, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal, you know, and, um, you know, it's something that we all have to kind of struggle with, you know, through, through the course of life. And I feel like in these days, unfortunately, you know, and this is another reason why I really like being here at GBRL is that community, stuff has largely collapsed, you know, across, you know, I, yeah. I, I see it here. I, I know it in, in, in the United States as well. And so it's good to have a community space where people and families, you know, can engage and grow together and get stronger together and watch each other grow and, and achieve things here and in other parts of their life. And, um, you know, I would be happier if more people did jujitsu in the hope that we would create a more courageous society. Uh, and in that courage, it would be also like a counterbalance of of nonviolence, right? That that you know, um, I think sometimes there's a courage in knowing that you don't have to fight. Mm. You know, there's a, there's a courage in knowing that, you know, yes, I could do X, but you know, there's not going to be a uh, a reward. Good doesn't come from me harming this person in this situation in this time. You know. Yeah. I think that whole community piece is, you know, one of the most important things that you get out of jiu-jitsu. It used to be, you know, pre-industrial revolution and, you know, in smaller towns, there'd be more sense of community. Religion was a big part of everyone's lives. In the modern 21st century, kind of post-Machiavelli, he's, God is dead and I have killed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in a more atheistic society or agnostic society where a lot more people identify as spiritual rather than mm-hmm. uh, their individual. Religious. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't have, they don't go to church or the mosque or yeah. the synagogue as as much these days. Um, we are lacking something very fundamental to the human nature, which is like, well, we like to be in groups. We like to have a team. We like to 
have a sense of belonging. We like a sense of hierarchy in our lives as much as people yeah, don't like to admit it. It's people true. like it when there's someone leading them and yeah. the people like it when there's someone following them. It's just like the way things are. <laughs> it's true. Um, and jiu-jitsu is like, I think Neil Gaiman wrote about it a little bit in American Gods, like the modern day gods are kind of like technology and mm -hmm. this and nothing. And uh, jiu-jitsu is like one of those kind of things, along with other things that give you communities like CrossFit or veganism or uh, anything that people attach their identity to and feel a sense of group belonging and progress. Yeah. Uh, that's why I think people get so passionate about those kind of things. You know, those are obvious examples like CrossFit and veganism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, people, once it's those things that people start and then don't show up about. And jujitsu is one of those things, right? <laughs> Absolutely. There's no time. Hey, so anyway, what's about this kombucha? I drink kombucha because of jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. right? So like all of your stories become jujitsu. They, they circle yeah. right back. You know, but it's also interesting to think about. You know, when we were in the kids' class the other day with uh, Coach Kev. I was talking with uh, Amy, and we we're helping the kids, and you know. I was sitting next to her and we were looking at the kids sitting in line and I looked at her and I was like, how different do you think you would be if you knew jujitsu at this age? Mm. Like how different of a human being would you be? She was like, I can't imagine. I said, I know. I said like, I don't even know how different my life would have been if from the ages of like eight to 13, right? Or 10 to 15, I had jujitsu. Not, I'm not even talking about black belts. I'm not even bringing up competitions. I'm talking about just having that knowledge having a community team, getting stronger together, ha watching my diet and my habits change, how different a human being I probably would have been, you know? And so to that end, you know, what GBRL is doing and what jujitsu does specifically for um, young people, especially kids, um, I think is just, it's one of, I hope it becomes a global standard, like a silent global standard of the future. I hope so, uh, especially in the UK. I think the US might be a little bit more lucky than, than we are in terms of you've got um, more physical type sports. We both have kind of like the rugby or- Yeah, you know, I mean, the, rugby's um, pretty real. Or, um, you know, you guys have the uh, NFL, it's the American yeah, football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But outside of those two, like, I think um, you guys have a lot more wrestling. This I think, is true. I feel like, you know, judo is really big in the UK, actually, but there's not a lot of um, schools for, like, kids' judo a lot of the man, time. and you know? America has a lot of yeah. judo schools, man. That is true. Uh, I think jiu-jitsu is a really unique commodity. Like, if we just think about it, what it actually is, I think it's probably one of the best commodities kind of out there, like, um, for what it gives you. Don't get me wrong, it takes a lot. You know, we've talked a lot in the podcast before. I've talked a lot about what does jiu-jitsu actually cost? And it, and it takes quite a, a high price, not not just the the cost of your membership. Right. Um, but in terms of what it gives you back, I think, like in terms, if you would, if this was the stock market and you had to invest, you'd be like, fuck it, fucking yeah, let me put, put I'm the putting, mortgage I'm on it. I'm everything you know? on yeah, jiu-jitsu. Yeah, like, because you know there's going to be times where it's going down and you're injured. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, your best friend didn't show up to training. <laughs> And you know, it's cold on the mats, so and you're like, that's your shit. But you know, like in three weeks' time, you're gonna be up here because you just won a competition. Yeah. Like it's sunny out, your yeah. friends are training, you hit the bar afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, it's great. Like, um, you know, me and Farouk, like one of our one of our favorite things to do after training, because you know, I'm like the juice fanatic, you know what I mean? Mm. So like 
during the day, I'll buy all these crazy fruits and vegetables. And then like, as soon as we come in, like, I already got everything washed, bro. All right, what well, we can have a cap and uh, a <laughs> carrot, apple, you know what I'm saying? And then he's like, this is great. Or like, well, it's yeah. always hilarious. And so it's like, you know, there are so many things I think that jujitsu points you towards. I think that's the other thing is like, the thing that makes jujitsu strange is that so much of the benefits aren't just from what you actually learn but then what you get pointed to, like how you change your diet, regardless, mm -hmm. you could be vegan, you could go carnivore, it doesn't matter, but you start thinking about your diet because you want to function optimally, right? You start, you know, again, because, you know, and, and this is something that I didn't like about jujitsu in the beginning, but now I love it, is that there isn't a core set philosophy. So you start figuring out for yourself, am I going to read Taoism? Am I going to read the Stoics? Am I going to read Machiavelli? Right? And you start figuring out your philosophy about life and how you want to live through what grappling forces you to kind of confront. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And those are the things that you can't see when you first come through the door, mm. you know. It would be so, yeah, it's, I think whatever gets people through the door in jiu-jitsu for the first, you know, session to mm -hmm. three months isn't usually what keeps them post year one, I think. Agreed. Agreed. I have this weird theory that I've been playing with and it's probably gonna sound strange, but you know, like however we learn about jujitsu, you know, we, we usually, I think, come in from, again, like, you know, a personal thing, like I don't wanna get beat up or I wanna be stronger and defend myself more intelligently or whatever, right? But specifically as it is with jujitsu, my belief is that there's at some point there's a switch inside of you. And for right now, I just call it like the primal spark. I think it's something that is kind of like dormant in us genetically, you know, mm. like as a survival thing. And at some point it clicks. It could be your understanding of reversing the mount. It could be how a choke works. And you're like, oh, the leverage of the shoulder, the wrist, and then I can break the, oh, right. And it does. it's a, it's a primal spark thing. And once that's triggered, you're kind of hooked. I yeah. think that's what happens to all of us. But the primal spark moment for everybody is different. For one person, it could be understanding how to take someone down or how to not be, oh, so if I do that, they can't take me down? Mm. Primal spark, right? Yeah. So if someone, no matter how heavy they are, if I trap this arm and step over this leg and my hips get high enough, they'll fall over? Primal spark. We all get it. And I think that, you know, that primal spark gets hit for different reasons at different times in all of us, the ones who stay right? The ones who stay. Um, and that once that primal spark is ignited, it's very hard to put it out. It's very hard to put it out. I love that. That's a great idea. Um, we'll wrap this up. We've got you teaching if people want to come to your class. Uh, well, you can be assisting in Yeah, I'll be assisting in all the, the little champs classes during most of the week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I do the little champs. And then uh, me and Coach Kev are doing some stuff with the adults after. So Amazing. Come See a bit more of Professor Adisa, you can catch him there. Um, I'll probably see a lot more of you in the future since we'll probably be living together. I know, <laughs> it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool, man. Um, and we're gonna do a load of content around, kind of sparked by Keenan's idea, uh, uh, thing he put out recently that if you study in jiu-jitsu, it's probably equally as, equally as important to study the concepts of warfare, because ultimately they uh, they merge a lot. Come so on, we're going to be talking about Ooh, some a uh, lot, 
some uh, famous warriors and military strategists and talking about some uh, that stuff. Probably short form, just to catch some eyeballs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we can expand on it. it it'll be exciting, though. Y'all are yeah. going to like it. And um, keep an eye out for that. And loads of stuff going on at the Academy at the moment. Check the Academy calendar for all the dates. Yes. Anything from you, Professor? No, man. Just uh, happy to be here. Loving it every day. And, uh, you know, train safe, have fun, and always come back to the mats. Bus.